Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's in My Head podcast. Today, I'm joined by storyboard artist Red and Eddie. Sabrina, Sabrina, how are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for no, having no, me. Anytime. Um, yeah. This is actually, because I, I, I was just telling you, I already, I already did the episode for the big picture show with the writers. Um, I tried to get more of the artist on, but it was Canadian Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. And I didn't realize that. I didn't know that anybody other than Americans did Thanksgiving. Yep. So, well, I thought they were fucking with me. They're like, yeah, I'm Thanksgiving. I'm like, no. Okay. Then I go to the I next actually- one. Same thing. I was like, oh, it's a thing. I actually had a friend from Canada come and visit uh, the other week for Canadian Thanksgiving. I hadn't seen him since I moved to the U.S. like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, we had our like Canadian Thanksgiving here and it was nice. We stayed for a few days. I just thought it was the weirdest way of being non-confrontation. <laughs> like, like, like I said, Canadians are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And the, I, I figured it was just, they didn't want to say no. So like, yeah, just do Thanksgiving. I'm like, bitch, it's October. It's not, it's not November. What's going on? Like we do it a month early. And I was like, yeah, okay. But nonetheless, man. So when I had those, those guys and gals on, cause Rachel was a part of that crew. Yeah. Um, your name came up, uh, I think, before, because I, I had mentioned that you were coming on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said you did some storyboards, um, not only for the later half of the series, but also for the movie. When mm-hmm. when you're coming on board, um, what do you remember what season you got the call, said, hey, we'd like for you to do a test, and then you came on and started drawing for him? Yeah, it was, uh, well, actually, it was before season five started. Mm-hmm. When I joined, it was mid-2004 because I had graduated college. I went to college at, at Sheridan in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I know there's an Ontario, California that always yeah. gets confused. Um, I basically graduated and within a month, um, I, I, I had a friend in college who knew Dan and he was the producer on Ed, Ed and and because mm-hmm. we're all from back east. And he's like, oh, there's a, a studio out West. They're doing the show called Ed and Eddie. You want, you, I have a friend who's a producer on it. You want me to get, get you in touch with them? I'm like, sure, I'm right out of school. Let's, let's, get, let's try and get a job. And I knew I didn't want to stay in Toronto, but I didn't know where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting the, the storyboard test. And I remember doing it like on my parents' kitchen table. Like, I think I had a week to do it. And I'd never seen this show before because as you know, and I'm sure most know, we didn't get the show in Canada. I think we got it for the first season, but I didn't see it. So I think what I had done was like, you got to remember, this is like 2004. I know it sounds like it's like 800 years ago, but uh, I'm going on the internet trying to find any ref reference of this show and the characters. And I think I'd found like a comic or something Scott had done. And I really liked the way he drew them because like he always was the cutest to me. And I was like, okay, I have a little bit more ref to understand, reference to see what the show is about. So I did this test in a week. I physically mailed it to Vancouver out West. And then I heard back uh, pretty quickly Mm -hmm. that 
they liked my tests and if I wanted to start working. And I literally just packed up my life and said goodbye to everything I knew and moved out west. And I started there like, like a week or so after, like I was still living in boxes with my, uh, the guy I was with at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started as a revisionist and I started on the, either it was the, I believe it was the Christmas special. They were finishing it. Like it was almost done, but I was helping Tisa. She was one of our checkers and I was doing some revisions just to kind of get used to the show and Mm -hmm. Stuff. So it was around that time, around the Christmas, because Christmas came before Halloween. Yes, right? Yes, it did. I believe so. Yes. Yes. So it was the Christmas one. And then I helped uh, again clean up, I think, probably for the Halloween special. And then I think that's kind of when season five came into play, the actual beginning of that. And that's when I joined a team and started working on the storyboarding. Do you remember what your test was? As far as what uh, you had to draw? You, I remember certain panels of them running down the street. It, it was, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, I just remember drawing, God, it's probably so ugly too now. Um, I just remember them like running down the street and tripping or I, I don't remember what it was, but I think they just gave like a little paragraph of mm-hmm. what was to happen. And then we had, I had to just draw it how I envisioned it. And I guess it wasn't that terrible. <laughs> so uh, each each artist I've had on here, I've asked, you know, what was, who was the most difficult to really draw and figure out? Who was the easiest mm-hmm. to kind of slip into? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what part of the show was the hardest? Scott had my favorite answer uh, so far. And he was like, I fucking hated drawing Kevin's bike. He was like, every time, he's like, I don't think I drove that, drew that bike one time. Or uh, I don't think he drew that book the same anytime after I drew it the first time because every time it was different the wheels were gone or the frame was something he was like <laughs> he just like it fucking sucked man mm. what was your it fucking sucked man to draw what was your favorite you know character mm. to draw and who was the hardest character for you to get really into okay I understand Scott's dilemma because it's a technical drawing it's mm-hmm. not an organic character right so yeah I, I I love cars and I like drawing cars so for me that stuff is okay um as, okay, I'm trying to remember your questions. As far as my hardest character to draw, is that correct? Yes. Um, which pains me so much because Eddie's my favorite. <laughs> Eddie was the hardest one for me to, to get. I think because he was my favorite that every time I drew him, I'm like, this is not good enough. It's not yeah. good enough. This isn't, this isn't good. And then I, I think back and I go, oh my God, I was 24. This is literally the first job I've had out of school. Like, no, I shouldn't know how to draw these yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that good. I think I was too harsh on myself. So, so Eddie, and then my favorite one to yeah. draw, uh, Rolf, for sure. Rolf. Yeah. And- Rolf, I, I, I think my Rolfs were okay. I think they passed the test. <laughs> I think he did uh, pretty good. I really liked him. Uh, him and Johnny are actually like my two favorite side character, you know, secondary characters. Um, so yeah, Eddie, it just, it was a personal thing because yeah. I just loved him so much. He's such a little shit bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I loved him. Um, and like Raven was like the master at double D. So I was like, oh, Raven, just draw every double D, please. <laughs> She just had a knack for him. 
Um, but yeah, uh, what was, I think there was one more. Yeah. Said. And it was, what was your, what we should name it Scott's bike. What was your Scott's bike? What was the, the hardest part about that show to draw for you? That wasn't a character. Okay. Listen, backgrounds, obviously. Yeah. I hate backgrounds. How come? Perspective is not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> big Jim was always a really big help for me. I'd be like, I'd bring my stuff up like Jim fix this, help me fix this. So it looks good. Jim's like the master at backgrounds. Um, okay, but listen, the the movie when Rolf was riding that giant pig thing, pig with all the stuff on it. <laughs> I'm gonna blame Scott for this. <laughs> he I helped him with that scene, that sequence. I drew that thing, I swear to God, 75 times from every angle, and to the point where I remembered it. Like mm-hmm. I could do it by heart. Like I remembered every little detail in that pile of crap that he was sitting on and let me tell you I did not like drawing that so yeah I would say that was the worst now uh she ran was on here a a few months ago and Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. she was a part of team vagina were you also part of team vagina her yeah god I have the funny I have a really funny picture of us from that yeah team days yeah uh yeah it was it was uh, Sharan, Jim, and I. Uh, Jim was our supervisor, and we were the, the board artists under under him because Jim was one of the girls. <laughs> and yet he's not, like, but because he's a sensitive, nice guy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he was definitely, like, a picture is worth a thousand words. And what your mother mm-hmm. tells you, or if your father, if you're depending on who, or if you were lucky enough to have both parents in the household, they probably told you this. Never judge a book by its cover. But mm-hmm. you look at Jim and then mm-hmm. all the stories that I heard about Jim, like my first big Jim story I ever heard. And it's like, he's a legend, right? It's like a Chuck <laughs> Norris legend. The legend of big Jim. My first big Jim. Yeah. My first big Jim story. Um, I can't remember. Ugh, fuck. I want to say it was probably Jono, but they were telling me, um they were telling me the story about how everybody was saying danny we need a new uh, a new radio because ours is starting to go out on the fritz so they all went out to lunch and then danny goes up to big jim he's like big jim i want you to get back in the office sit down work for a little bit and then get up take the radio and smash it on the ground and just start stomping on like office space style and he was like <laughs> don't say anything just act like you're freaking out so that's what big jim does and they don't tell anybody. Danny and Big Jim are the only ones that know. Right? Yeah. So Big Jim's working. He's like, I can't take this anymore. He gets up and he takes the radio and he yeah. smashes it on the ground. Right. And he yeah. just starts stomping on it. And then Joel, <laughs> the ultimate wingman of all time, comes over and he doesn't know why, but he just starts kicking the shit out of the the, the radio that Big Jim's smashing because right. <laughs> tag team in this shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I get all these stories, like these secondhand stories that I hear. So I've got this mental picture in my head mm. of Jim. And then you see Jim, you're like, oh man, this dude's a for sure a big guy, punk rocker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he's probably a certain way. And then he starts talking to him. And then we spent like 25, 35 minutes just on mental health and depression alone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was so much cool shit that came out of that, not only from him, myself, but the fans really fucking saw that. And they were like, holy mm-hmm. shit, I'm so glad you guys are talking about this because He's like, I can't talk about like being a guy. He's like, I can't talk about this with my dad. So Mm -hmm. hearing you guys talk about it, two men, I was like, come down. I'm not really a man. I might have a beard and shit, but I'm sensitive. I cry at fucking the Spider-Man movie and and, and shit like that. So nothing wrong with that. Not at all. You're a human human being. (laughs) But you get this, you get this picture and I'm like, oh, dude, you, you weren't 
anything of what I, I was expecting. And, and I didn't mean that in a negative way or in a slight or anything yeah. like that. I was just like, I was expecting one thing. And I was like, holy shit, dude, you've got all these fucking layers like humans do. And you start peeling back. And it gave me so much perspective as far yeah. as like what a person is and what a person can be. I really enjoyed that chat. And then when Shiran told me that story and then you were like, uh, yeah, he was the big old Teddy. He's a sensitive guy, you know, uh-huh. uh, he's just one of the girls. Uh, when you came in, um, did they set you up right away? Was Jim the, like, he's like, hey, this is your mentor type of thing or yeah. how would that work? No, uh, <laughs> the first day in, I think I didn't even have a place to sit. Like this is literally when I'm still kind of floating and helping mm-hmm. with provisions. I think uh someone told me to sit at scott's desk and i'm like he's not here yet and this is weird i don't know anyone like uh, this is so awkward um and they're like oh don't worry about it it's just scott i'm like it's just scott to you but i don't know him yet (laughs) um of course clearly now i'd be like of course you wouldn't obviously you wouldn't have cared um they i I was just drawing for a while i was just learning the characters for like the first few weeks just Mm -hmm. kind of I eventually had my own place to sit. <laughs> uh, but Jim, it's funny, Jim was actually one of the first people I kind of um, attached myself to because he was very yeah. warm. Not saying that no one else was warm and welcoming, but Jim just has a, a good presence and yeah. and kind of took me under his wing. And, and we became like best friends um, for all that time. Um, we've been through, we, we went through a lot together. Um, so it just felt like a good fit. Um, yeah. originally I started actually on, on uh, Woody's team. I wasn't yeah. with Jim to start. I was with Woody and Woody's a nut, like <laughs> so many ways, like, holy shit. Um, it was me and my other partner, Ben Meinhart. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, we worked with Woody at first, uh, when I started, not Jim. Jim, so- team vagina came later. <laughs> <laughs> You guys had to form like Voltron to form Team Vagina. Oh, hell yeah. Um, with seeing, how long would you say you were with Woody compared to, to Jim as far as starting out on the um, team and then going over with Jim? About the same, maybe. Yeah. Because um, yeah, Woody, I, I mean, I love Woody, but Woody's very difficult to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, he's amazing. He's got like, these crazy visions of like what he wants. Like he's done some of the really coolest technical stuff on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm still learning how to draw them. Like, I don't know <laughs> yet. Like, and um, I think we all kind of rotated like halfway through just for everyone, uh, mm-hmm. just to, to work with other people and get different dynamics within groups. So it's probably about half, don't quote me because it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, the only reason I asked that question is because I was wondering what you might have picked up from Woody and then what you might have picked up from Jim as far as working underneath mm. both of them and learning from them. Yeah, Woody um, and Woody has such, they all have such different senses of humor, like, mm-hmm. and it comes through in their episodes, like, clearly. Um, with Woody, I think I learned more of a lot of the, the technical stuff and and to not be afraid to push further because he's like well we'll figure it out like it's going to sound hard to do it's going to sound hard for them to animate or whatever but we'll just he's like trust me we're going to make it work because we pretty much did everything on storyboards right Mm -hmm. like i'm sure you know everyone else has told you backgrounds 
key animation, super clean, you know, if it it looked bad in the panel, it was going to look bad on the screen. Mm so with Woody, I kind of got a lot of like, don't be afraid to, to kind of push out of the box, out of that little box and, and yeah. think camera and, and with, and with Jim, um, a lot of like, uh, like background perspective help, um, Jim's cleanup. I, I think that's where I, I, uh, that rubbed off on me a bunch. It's just making mm-hmm. Like Jim's boards, I mean, they were all super clean, but like Jim's were like comic book, (laughs) I think, which wasn't really necessary, but I think that rubbed off on me too. Um, And just speed and and just being able to pump out, you know, all those drawings um, quickly and and clearly and to really just push the expressions. Like Jim was really good. Jim and Scott are like really good at making those crazy extreme drawings and I didn't know how to do that coming out of school. Like I was very like Disney kind of oriented, like mm-hmm. traditional. And I always wanted to learn how to draw like that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what, like there's rules and there's not. Like you have to know where you can break them, where you can't and what to push and what not to push. And I'm so glad I learned on this mm-hmm. show. Like, uh, cause it's definitely helped me, you know, in the in, in yeah. future jobs to, to, to just be a better artist overall like to be able to do both styles you know yeah 100 it's, it's it's one of those sentiments that gets wrong like every time somebody comes on that's mm-hmm. one thing that comes up is like I'm, I'm glad that i get to work on the show because not only did mm-hmm. i have to learn to have tough skin because mm-hmm. danny was a perfectionist i had mm-hmm. to learn to not only work fast work efficiently and work proficiently mm-hmm. i learned to stretch a different part of my brain, like the muscles and stuff, mm-hmm. because like you were saying, it's not a traditional style of animation. It's not that Disney animation. You've got the stuff where you see bodies and mouths and faces and all this stuff <laughs> twisting and contorting, contorting mm-hmm. in ways we'd never really seen before, you know, up to that extent. You, you got some weird shit, like, you know, any like Looney Tunes or, or Tom and Jerry, you would have these big expressions or their mm-hmm. heads would come up and shit like that. But as far as like modern day, there wasn't very many things to like really pull from. So this was definitely one of those yeah. ones that kind of, pop and i think that's why there was such a huge fan base for the show then and especially now which is fucking wild the show's been off for fuck almost 20 years at this point no not almost 20 years we still got five or six years before it's been 20 years but i suck at math so i didn't want to have to sit here and try to think about numbers but cats out of the bag i failed high school quite a few times so but that's neither here nor there um going to danny for just a second uh because it's something i wish i would have done with everybody that i had on from the cast and crew um we hear stories about Danny, but it came up when I was talking uh, the big picture show with the three writers a couple weeks ago. Um, when you think of that name, Danny Antonucci, what's the first thing you think of and what do you think you learned from Danny the most? Mm. That's some philosophical question right there too. <laughs> Give me a moment to digest to it. Absorb it. Um, yeah. What do, I mean, when I think, when I hear his name, what do I think of? Yeah, what do you think about Danny? Or what, what do you think of when you hear that name, Danny? Uh, Personality-wise, um, a hard-ass, but with like a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, I, I've listened to your other podcasts with mm-hmm. my old uh, friends, and I know they all kind of say the same thing. It's like a boot camp. It was really hard. It was a lot of tough love, you know. Um, but when I came on there to the show, I came 
where I come from uh, an Italian family and mm. my dad and Danny are very similar in a lot mm. of ways. So it didn't really feel any different for me going to, from like literally moving away to, from one, he was just like my Vancouver dad in a way. Like, conditioned? Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing, but it is what it is. Like I grew up, I grew up, um, you know, I'm Italian and, and very strict and very like, if you don't do it right, do it again until you do yeah. it right. And I think I had a higher tolerance for um, some of the feedback we got. Um, I didn't take it to heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how other people did. I, I can't speak for them. Um, but uh, it was just something I was unfortunately in a way used to. Yeah. So I actually didn't mind it. <laughs> it's kind of a weird, uncomfortable comfort for me. It was structure for you too. It was, it was yeah, something that was similar. Yeah, you're right. It was, um, you know, not to say that near the end, I just never wanted to draw again, but like <laughs> that was years later. I'm just, that was just everything. I'm just exhausted. And, yeah. and just, um, I just felt like I, I wasn't contributing or my stuff wasn't good enough because I think I was just burnt out. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have worked on this show at like my age now, not at like 24 or whatever. I was super young. Like, um, Do you think you'd appreciate it more? Do you think that's why? Or mm, I don't think I would appreciate it less or more, but skill wise and knowledge wise, I wish I had, I wish I was where I am now that, and I know that's impossible, right? Like you're always growing as an artist yeah. over the years, but like what I, I couldn't draw then what I can draw now. Right. And, and I feel like, God, I wish I was better then. I wish I, I was able to be as good as they were uh, because like Jim and Scott, and like the original crew, they're just so fucking good. Like, yeah. but I always look at people who are better as an inspiration. I don't, I never get angry when I see an artist that I like and they're like, oh, they're so fucking good. Like, screw them. Why can't I be as good as them? <laughs> and I have a lot of friends who have that attitude and, and I've always been the person to be like, well, just like, don't look at them as like necessarily like competition or like compare, don't compare yourself to them. Just aspire, like mm-hmm. see what they're doing and kind of find it within you to become better and to push yourself like i see it as an inspiration and not jealousy yeah Um, that's the way it should be mm -hmm. i think that's the it's a hard attitude to have but that's just who i am um Mm -hmm. i don't get angry when i see someone better i go holy shit okay what did they do to make this so good and and analyze their work you know instead of just getting mad and being like well i'm never going to be that good so why why should i keep drawing they just want to be a victim. That's the issue. That's the difference between a professional and a mm-hmm. fucking wannabe. I hate that mentality, man. Mm-hmm. You sit there. There's, I've said this hundreds of times, so I apologize in advance, but there's plenty of table for everybody at the room. Or, mm-hmm. fuck, man, I just butchered that one. There is plenty of room at the yes. table for everyone. For everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then another one is iron sharpens iron, right? So there's yeah. so many people out there that I absolutely, like, I will, and I don't mean this as far as, like, stealing artwork or stealing anything like that but I steal people's good qualities. If I see somebody, they say, how do you get better at talking? Well, you just keep talking. Don't mm-hmm. worry about your fuck ups. Like I just did. Don't worry about your flub ups. Cause people aren't perfect. Right. So speech isn't perfect. Conversations aren't going to be perfect. 
So on how you get how you get to do something better when they come to talking, they say, do it as often as you can. All right. So if he's saying do it as often as you can, and he's very, very popular in the podcast game, he must know what he's talking about. So I'm going to take that attribute. I'm going to take that quality away, not away from him, but I'm going to take that and put it into my game. Mm-hmm. Then they say, read more. Okay, well, that makes sense. I'm going to read some more books. So my vocabulary gets bigger, even though I don't use a crazy vocabulary. I'm pretty articulate when I need to be, but I'm going to put that into my repertoire. So everybody, I, like I see these little things and if I can get better and somebody's saying, hey, try this, what's it going to hurt to try it a couple of times? If it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work. I just move on to something next. I don't sit there and bitch like, oh man, he's just doing this or he's just saying this because he's here. Fuck that mentality. Fuck that thinking. Take something make it your own and see what you can do with it. Right. And I wish just more people had that, uh, that dog in them at the end of the day that, you know, what, I'm just going to get better. And if this is how they're saying yeah. this, they did it and they're good. It's got to be something to it. You know what I think it is too, is like, you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I worked on the eds and I really wanted to draw this expression, or I really wanted to convey, you know, double D doing this or whatever, but I just couldn't do it. Well, what would I do? Go ask. ask Go and ask Jim, how would you guys draw this? Can you help me fix this? Like there's something off about it. I can't see it. Cause when you see your own drawings, you can't see the mistakes usually, you know, unless you're like one of them and they're amazing. <laughs> um, but I, and they would just, and I, I look back and I go, oh my God, what a pain in the ass I might've been just always asking, but like, I wanted to learn. I didn't, I, I was never afraid to just go up and kind of bust their balls and be like, Hey, like, can you look at this drawing and help me? And they would always take five minutes, not even. And they would just be like, they would do like a draw over. They would put it on the light table and I could actually see what they were doing. So I'm learning and I'm watching and it it just, why not? I I don't know why people are so afraid to ask for help these days and afraid to admit if something's wrong or if they're wrong, like, just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I think brought up that way. I think it's because like, and I don't want to sit here and seem like a conspiracy theorist, but. <laughs> but let's do it anyway. Let's go for it, man. I got my tinfoil hat downstairs <laughs> yeah, I'll right. later. Um, but what I've noticed is, is nobody wants to be on the wrong side of anything. Everybody always wants to say, you know what? I was cheering for this team before anybody mm-hmm. liked them. You see it with bands. Oh, they were so much better before they went mainstream. Now everybody loves them. Fuck that. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of mentality when it comes to help. I don't want to seem less than. I don't want to seem like, hey, man, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to fake it till I make it. That seems to be one of those things that people really take to heart when it comes to anything. Fake it until you make it. And if you don't make it, it's somebody else's fault, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's easy to blame. Which is wild. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah. when, one thing that I love talking about, and then I want to, I want to kind of get off the depressing shit, <laughs> but uh, one thing I want to talk this about. This is depressing. Uh, <laughs> like we're going to sit here where I'm going to, the first comment from this one's going to be like, man, when did Tony Robbins start hosting this shit and trying to sit here and pump <laughs> people up? <laughs> uh, Tony, don't sue me. Um, but uh, one thing I absolutely love hearing, and this, I think the fans do too, because a lot of people get uh, big kicks out of it is what was, if you can remember, what was your favorite post-it note you ever got from Danny? Because post-it notes are my fucking favorite stories. And what was your favorite Christmas gift as far as the AKA Studios goes? Okay. It's been a while. I don't know (laughs) if I got any, like, in particular, like, a fuck you post-it note (laughs) or, like, you know... 
just quit. Like I, I, I think I got like one good one once. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this is just my my memories creating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I had like one like good or something or like nice. I'm gonna frame that. Um generally because I think we work because we worked in groups, like whenever we got post-it notes, it was more like for the <laughs> lot, for the three of us. So like I don't think I have one in particular, but like I just love when it's just like fuck exclamation marks or like and then the the infamous like rethink and then he would he would put it like he would wrap the sticky note around the entire section of pages that needed to be redone like oh god it's like 45 pages of thumbnails or whatever storyboard I'm like okay what do we do now it's not there I guess um would you guys throw those away and start over? Or would you guys, because obviously it's going to be like, if it's 45 pages. Or whatever it was. Yeah. Are you going to start like completely from scratch and not do any of the same shit you do? Or are you going to look through them and then try to tweak maybe? Because a lot of people were saying, when they were yeah. about, like, we don't know what he's really getting at. We know it's not here. So what yeah. would you guys do with, with a stack like that? Uh, sometimes I think we would just read, read thumbnail the whole thing, or yeah. we would try and salvage bits and pieces and maybe, you know, plus it up or, yeah. or, you know, put in things that we think are probably aren't working, um, mm-hmm. that aren't strong, that aren't reading. Um, yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, the nice thing is that like time-wise they were usually pretty chill. Like we had deadlines, but we went over like all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know how that <laughs> so many because we were always, I don't want to say we were late, but like we were late. <laughs> oh yeah. John and Mike both said they would run late ridiculously. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So yeah. Like sometimes, um, sometimes it just happened. It wasn't like often, like where a mm. whole section was like, uh, you know, redo this, but you know, I do have memories of it being there. So I, I know it did because it's like, well, I guess we're working on this for the next two weeks and hope he likes it. Um, so what was your, uh, what was Christmas your favorite Christmas gift? gift? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't remember. Um, I know we had, I got like the paddle board thing mm-hmm. and beer and there was like condoms or something. But yeah. Condoms honestly, I, I liked just like the AKA merch. Like I like just having this, like, oh, God, they're all in storage. It makes me sad. <laughs> Like I still have my old like sweaters from the studio and, and t-shirts because it had Danny's like drawing on it. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff from like Cartoon Network at the time, like just tchotchkes and, and mm-hmm. like the, the statue. I really liked the statue we got, that maquette with the three of them. Like they were kind of in like a rocket ship, makeshift, makeshift rocket ship. Um, I if that one's been shown on i can't remember i've jono brought a whole bunch of shit lot when i did his solo episode and then a few guys mm-hmm. and gals like rachel brought some stuff on i think she ran did it too i can't remember if i've seen the statue all my yeah. stuff is in storage i wish i could have it because i have it all still like i have my big plank i like the big plank yeah. plush. um i think that was great probably that one or the the maquette because <clears throat> i think i remember at one point Danny was trying to get maquettes made of them and he had three uh, in his office space and they were amazing. They were like, like the best 3D renditions I've seen of those three characters. And we're like, why can't we just use these as the molds and just make them? Because they were fucking perfect. 
and they just never it just never happened and I'm like I just want those <laughs> like I think Eddie was like had his hands out like asking for money and they were I don't know who did them I can't remember but I just remember like those were like when you walked into it, like his office was full of stuff but like yeah. those three maquettes he had I was like those were like the gold <laughs> like damn I um, wish we got those when you come on to the show obviously that's the last season you guys did and then you're rolling right into the movie mm-hmm. did you know when you sent off your boards that they were or when you did your screen or your test excuse me when you sent mm-hmm. that off mm-hmm. did you know before you moved out there and got accepted that they were in the last kind of last kind of lap here no you didn't know i have no idea when I did you find no... out do you remember um probably at the start of season five because I I think I remember them saying like this is like the last full season Danny wanted to do and that's why they changed it to school just to kind of change it up a little bit and for the last season and then uh and then I feel like no no it was season five right to the movie and then yeah and then I think during season five there was talks about the movie and then we just kind of rolled on to that right after um there was I don't think there was much of a break in between the end of season five and the movie. No, I think it, I think I think everybody said that it rolled like straight into mm-hmm. it because they wanted to keep that momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I never thought to ask, uh, because you, you came in, like I said, towards the end of the run. Now, with are you a comic book reader at all? Uh not like Big Jim, but <laughs> I, I'm aware of a bunch. Like I, I love um, and I know it sounds dumb now, but like invincible is like my favorite comic of all time and it it has been since like jim introduced me to it back in early 2000 because jim was a comic book guy and i was like listen like i want to read a new comic but i i don't want to read any more superhero stuff but he introduced me to the book and he's like it's superhero but it's not and i'm like okay and uh ever since then just I, I followed it to the end and I cried at the last issue and, and, you know, um, I've, again, all my invincible stuff is in storage. I actually have one little figure on my bookcase somewhere, but I have like a nice big maquette. Like I remember like going to see like Ryan Otley, like in comic cons and like no one was in his line. <laughs> now everybody's in his line. I know, like I have a, I have a sketch of invincible. I got from him done years ago, signed, beautiful framed, um I remember at the time going I can't decide if I want him to do uh Invincible or Rexplode because I love yeah. Rex and I was like well shit if I'm only going to see him once I'll I should just get Invincible so I got him to do me a sketch I got him to sign my statue and now it's just like boom oh, <laughs> I that, that show blew it up I mean I, I uh mm-hmm. I, I was on the first uh the first I got it in trades because I was still in the mm-hmm. Navy at that point mm-hmm. so I didn't I couldn't get, uh, you know, single issue. I'm not a trade guy, even though I got a shit ton of trades on here, but it's mainly mm-hmm. the old stuff that mm-hmm. you can't really find in print anymore. And then if you can find it in print, I mean, at that time, that was when The Walking Dead was just just launching. So mm-hmm. both in Vince, like the movie, or the TV show, excuse me. So the mm-hmm. book was already a $1,500 book, Invincible number one. Um, wow. Walking Dead number one was reaching four and $5,000 at that point in time. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to get these in trades. Um, I absolutely loved it. And then never expected them to do an animated show. When they did, I was like, holy shit, is this insane. Then you get to that train scene. 
That is the wildest thing, not just an animation. That is one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life mm -hmm. in anything. And I've seen some shit. So yeah, <laughs> when I, yeah. Cause when I first heard they were doing it, I was like, how, <laughs> who, yeah. um, Amazon they, of all places. they did it. They did it justice. They, they really did. Cause like, I, like what happened was like Jim would have the trades. I would borrow his trades. And then when the big hard cover, uh, I bought those. So I've got all 12 or whatever, 13 of, of those that, that's how I I have a few like single issues with like covers that I really liked I actually had one like blown up like mm -hmm. poster size and I had it in like my old house in Canada like over my tiny room table because <laughs> I'm an adult um <laughs> I mean you see yeah I know back Again, storage, though. <laughs> I have so much more stuff in storage it's embarrassing um but the only reason I brought yeah. up the comics is because... Sorry, tangent with that whole... Oh, no, you're perfectly... That's what I like about this, this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we're just sitting here talking shit. Um, eventually, we'll get to the point of the eds, but if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We can just have you back on if you want to. Chilling, yeah. to. Um, but uh, the only reason I brought that up, and one, before I get off on that tangent, check this one out. It's, been, it's an image book as well. Ooh, it okay. is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, down, I've, I've had... I've, told that one before and i mean just to break it down he's a detective with a secret a weird secret tony chu is a chivo pass so he can eat stuff and then whenever he eats stuff if somebody if something had happened like say the chef was back there cutting stuff and he cuts himself and then some of the blood gets into the soup he eats the soup right mm -hmm. and then he's like oh shit this chef killed somebody six states over and he's a detective so he's got to figure out all these it is one of interesting the, it's in, it's such a fun book and then always check the backgrounds too, because you'll see funny shit in the backgrounds. And this is like the first right. one I ever started looking into the backgrounds more because I was like, oh, I want to see something funny in here. Yeah, um, now that you know. Yeah, that one's really good. But the only reason, like okay. I, said, the reason I brought the comics up mm -hmm. was because whenever a writer or an artist would get on a book, like just say Batman, right? They would mm -hmm. go and try to pull everything from the DC archives and read everything on Batman. So they weren't copying somebody's, um, copying mm -hmm. somebody's, uh, topic or story arc or they didn't want to you know plagiarize a panel that's mm -hmm. how they were doing their research with the ed boys are you coming on at the end you guys obviously had that library already of four previous seasons yeah and you said before that you didn't really watch the show because it didn't air in canada mm -hmm. so would you would you guys have that entire library in there or do you have to go to cartoon network for it no higher length of the hallway and it was just binder after binder after binder like binders like this big mm -hmm. and each one had the the episode in it uh, on 11 minute was like i swear to god like this big and we had those and then we also had vhs <laughs> tapes to watch so they were all labeled you know and that so yeah i would watch uh we had like the t you know tv like you know in like high school or whatever we have like the tv and wheel the it in <laughs> I think we had one of those and I would go in like the, the side room where no one really was for the meetings that we never really had there. Um, and I would just watch, I would just watch the show and, and more so look at the boards. Um, I actually would go through the boards for myself and I would find drawings uh, from each board and I would photocopy uh, particular drawings and I would make my own model sheet of these characters to have taped to my desk. Mm -hmm. like oh I really like this Eddie I really like what they're doing here it's something I can learn from so it would take 
forever. Yeah. But I would just sit at the photocopier and, and just go through hundreds of board pages and be like, oh, I like this Ed. And I'd take the page out, put it on the, the photocopier, copy it. And then I would go in after I had them all, cut them out and then tape them to a whole page mm -hmm. and then photocopy that. So they're all flat. And then, and, and then some of the guys would end up just having them too, because it's just kind of nice to see, you know, it's kind of like a little refresher. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I, I learned. I was like, there's just so much reference here. Like, why am I not using it? Um, so I just took some time out and, and made my own uh, model sheets using the old storyboard art from seasons past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talk, we're just talking model for a second shout out to Toomey because he was the one that told me to reach out to you and get you on so oh Toomey yes yeah. he, he was such a fucking like oh Toomey's rad was such he is such a cool fucking dude like I'm just sitting there talking yeah. we talked for damn near three hours uh you know like, I think mm -hmm. it was like two and a half hour podcast two hours yeah. or like that and then 45 minutes before and after mm -hmm. um it's just a cool fucking guy man I, oh I, he's so chill me and him yeah. just talk about like music we're like oh you know, no effects has a new album out. Mad Cat, he says a new album. I'm like, Sabrina, did you hear this? We we'd always just, yeah, he's so fucking cool. Yeah, just a cool dude, man, all around. So thank you again to me for uh for for putting Sabrina's name out there. Um, when the show is in its final season and then the movie's going on, mm -hmm. did you notice? Like, obviously, you're the new girl on the block, but did you notice? Like a, I don't want to say a change because that would have to like you'd have to see what it was before they were getting their final season before the movie was wrapping. You know, maybe season one, two, three if you came in there. Mm -hmm. But did it seem, did it seem as fun from season five to the big picture show, or did it seem like everybody was kind of starting to wind down and there was just a different feeling in the air? That was it palpable. Could you tell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were all exhausted. Yeah. I was done. I was done by the end of the movie. Like. During the movie, basically what happened was, I think it was like a budget issue and we just started being let go like one after another, after yeah. another, and like, and then at the end, it would have just been like Scott and Jim, it's like, you know, the, the main guys, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I was kind of okay with that because I was just so effing burnt out. Like I yeah. couldn't hold the pencil anymore. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm showing up to work and I feel like I was just here and like we had like crazy late nights over the years and it's fun and, and I don't mind working late so I'm cracking my knuckles I don't mind working late you know but I think over the, the three or four years I was just done like I was like I don't even know how to draw them anymore I didn't feel like I was contributing anything um it sucked it, it was kind of a shitty way to end it because it was I'm sure if you heard the highs, the highs were high and the lows were oh, low. Yeah. Um, uh, and I kind of ended on a, a sputter. Just mm -hmm. it just kind of it just kind of ended, and and I just went to the studio up the street. Studio, it was Studio B at the time, mm -hmm. um, because I needed work, and I think I just took on revisions uh, when I started because I was so tired. I was yeah. like, I want, I have to still work. I got to pay my bills, but. I can't do this <laughs> right now for a while. Uh, I don't blame you, man. Like everybody was, that was the the sentiment that everybody's kind of echoed. It's like, we were just so mm -hmm. fucking tired because it yeah. was go, 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 go. And then, mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me, as I hit the mic. Um, 
what was your favorite part about the movie that you drew animated do you remember you got a panel in there that you absolutely loved or a sequence um the the car stuff at the beginning i, I helped yeah. a lot on that when they were like running through the house i think i did a bunch of stuff in the the, the brother's bedroom um just that whole that whole beginning sequence uh, I love because I like drawing that kind of stuff I like drawing the car I like drawing the car I like drawing um I remember like Ed's like stretching his arms out or whatever and um I remember there's one part where like they run towards Cam this way uh up the stairs I think I did that part um I mean it was so long ago I didn't work too much on the end stuff I think I had I was already gone like I had seen it roughed out but I wasn't helping like clean up or anything um but probably that yeah the car the car chase sequence at the beginning because I just love cars like that's my thing so I'm like I want to work on that part <laughs> as opposed to like the crazy emotional scene where like someone like Raven could you know really punched it up and the, the crying and the you know the fight scene i'm like i just want to draw cars <laughs> <laughs> you ever reach out to disney and see if you couldn't get on one of them cars pictures they got coming out all the, all the time i think i see lightning mcqueen back there um yeah i What's mean i got McQueen? Susie the little blue coop tattooed on my arm that yeah um i'm so glad i don't have to watch that movie my 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 oldest son burnt that fucking dvd out yeah times. yeah that sucks i uh <laughs> It's so funny too because I always people always rag on me like, "Well, you like cars? It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense." I'm like, first of all, it's a freaking cartoon. Like, quit questioning everything." I love Luigi. All, yeah. Second of all, I like cars. Like, I'm a car person, so obviously that movie is gonna be like it speaks to me on so yeah. many levels. Like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would love to work on a car thing. I did like a. I think I did like one Cars comic cover back in the day. I really wanted to do the interior art, but uh, I didn't have time with my full-time work to do interior mm -hmm. comics. So I did a lot of like Disney covers just mm -hmm. on the side on my own time, you know, for not a lot of money, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you got to draw the cars. Though. I mean, like I said, my, we, when I was stationed out in San Diego, my wife, mm -hmm drove out from florida then drove back and drove out again Oof, we had bad. to buy that dvd three times because my son it was on it was that movie and he was one two-ish mm -hmm. so it was that movie and i don't know if you ever remember seeing a movie called rio it was with all the birds and stuff birds, like that. Yep. so he burnt that one out as well and then oh, funny. He, he finally got off of those ones and then the last it was like the last straw she's like all right the dvd player's coming out and then it was uh, this movie. It was called Spooky Buddies, and it was uh, the Airbud movie. Oh, oh, was it one with the little dogs? Yeah, and it was it. the how it was the Halloween one. Yes. yes. <laughs> before, before she made it to, I think the first state you hit once you leave Florida, going east coast to west coast. I think it's Louisiana. Before she crossed the line for Florida, and it's about a six-hour drive, she had that movie memorized by the lines because he was just going back because it, it was a 92 minute movie and that's with yeah the credits, so yeah yeah <laughs> they're not that long damn <laughs> i'm so sorry oh i yeah i mean i have like over 250 at least die cast pixar cars like yeah 
Oh yeah, it's my shame. It's my not so secret shame. I love them. I just love, I don't know, they're cool. I don't care what you think about the movies. Whatever, haters. I didn't like Up, so you know what? Oh man, Up was good. Don't get me wrong, I loved Cars up until I had to watch it 600 times. Oh no, that that makes sense. That yeah. that goes for any movie. Like yeah. no one. Well, no one... No, I wouldn't say any movie because I could watch Back to the Future all day. Okay, day. fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. That's like me in Spaceballs. But oh, like... <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, oh God. Um, and Emperor's New Groove. That was the other one in college. People used to, they used to get so mad at me because it was like right when that movie came out, I was in like, I don't know, second year college. And we would watch it for like classes, like in, on the big screen in the, in the room. And we watched it way more than what we should have in all fairness. Okay. But every time I just be like, it's like sitting at the back of the what is it called like the lecture hall I guess it's called I don't it's weird like we're watching cartoons it's not really a lecture hall it's just watching cartoons really college I don't think my mom would mind me paying tuition for this shit we sure we're in college (laughs) right so like I'd always be sitting at the back and then the teacher would teacher would one of the teachers would come up like hey we're gonna watch Ever's new groove and by like the end of the semester everyone's groaning and they're like no not again and I'm in the back going yay and I was like shut up Serena <laughs> what's your favorite part in Ember's new groove god the whole freaking thing like I've seen it 7,000 times like I, I I'm so glad it turned into what it did because I knew that it started off not like that movie um it started it's a off gym like, for sure yeah like God, it's so funny. And I love David Spade. So I'm like, oh, I'm here for this Underrated movie. Like, I'm Underrated. here. Yeah, I love David. Like since I was 14, like Adam Sandler, David Spade, Chris Farley, like those were like my Saturday Night Live guys. And then yeah, yeah, yeah that movie. God, I love mm. I, I loved uh there's I have some things. I have some things. I have many things, but like like literally it's nice. <laughs> it's within reach always. Uh, that that there's a little there's a little lady that comes up to uh one of the grocery stores i go to and she Mm -hmm. looks exactly like yzma looks exactly like her and i want to go up and drop a line on her but i know she'll either think oh stranger danger and hit me with her purse (laughs) or she'll think i'm insane so I don't ever do it, but I, I tried. Yeah. I was like, will you take a picture with me? And she was like, I don't know you. No, I'm not going to take a picture. I'm like, fuck. Because mm, she just looks like, exactly re- like Yzma. You should be like, you just remind me of my aunt or something. <laughs> and I haven't Maybe that'll work. and I want to send, yeah, just make up some bullshit. Maybe that'll work and I can get her on there. But uh, my favorite scene from that movie is, uh, I think it's him and Pach on the, on the, on the raft. It's mm-hmm. the scene where it's the uh, the thing, but there's a meme or a gif on it, and it's like bring it on, and it's just him mm-hmm. dead in the face, and it's just bring it on, yeah. and going over the side. So I may or I may or may not have a shirt with that image on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite scenes is when he actually like turns into the llama for the first time, and uh, ashes out. Yeah, there's just there's the scene. Well, no. Okay, it's not even a it's not even a scene. It's more of an animation thing that just always cracks me up. It's when they're testing the the poison. He throws it on the plant, and the plant goes from standing up, and then it's just one frame, and it's just yeah. flat. The timing on that just every time I see it, I laugh like it's the yeah. first time I've seen it, and yeah. it's um, it's just a perfect little movie. Like it, oh, I don't know, I could go on, but I won't. I 
Oh no, that's perfectly fine. But since we're on this, since we're on <laughs> yes, this little business, yes. because like I said, whatever comes up, we got to explore it. So yeah. we'll give you we'll give you three three choices. Mm-hmm. We'll do classic Disney animation. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll keep classic Disney animation all the way up until let's just say Lilo or no, let's just say Princess and the Frog. That'll be classic animation. Oh, okay. Princess okay. and the Frog. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I mean by classic animation is just that 2D style, that that original sure. art style, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll use that. So anything 2D style. The mm-hmm. second one would be anything from Pixar. And then the third thing would be the more traditional Disney, which is the 3D, like the Frozen. What else have they done? Um, yeah, yeah. Tangled, Frozen. Yeah, that that type of stuff. So what's your mm-hmm. favorite classic Disney animated movie? What's your favorite Pixar movie? What's your favorite modern day Disney Only movie? one Disney movie? Yeah. These are the hard-hitting questions. The you're asking the know. girl who works for Disney what her favorite Disney movie is. Um, Make sure you say the right one because they're going to say, well, you need to go work at Nickelodeon now, Sabrina. No, I like the mouse. Um, okay. Obviously, I have more than one. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But like Dumbo has my heart forever. <laughs> Dumbo's a good one. And I know everyone's like, it's problematic and whatever. I'm like, okay, it's but it's such movie. a good movie. Like, Dude, I cry still. You know, I know what's going to happen. I've seen it 8,000 times. Cry every time. Doesn't matter. Dumbo. It's it's so sweet. Like, whenever I see it, like, even just, like, merchandise, my heart just, just like, like, I that's, feel it. I just That's what we did for my son, my youngest son's nursery. We did a whole bunch of Dumbo stuff. Ooh. So it was, it's, it's cute. <laughs> You're raising them right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Dumbo. Um. And then my favorite of like the, uh, like, uh, like, oh, Pixar, you said next. Yeah. Or you can do Pixar or you can do the, the newer style of Disney, whichever one. They're separate, though. They're separate. Um, Pixar. Okay. Listen, love cars. Don't get me wrong. Cars is, cars two is not as bad as people <laughs> say it is whatever. Um, I love cars, but actually my favorite Pixar movie is monsters incorporated. Mm-hmm. I think it's the perfect movie. It's got the perfect ending and um, love it. Best mm-hmm. one. And then can I say my least favorite is Up Again? Because I hate Up. And then <laughs> I, like to be con- I like to be controversial. I get into so many fights with people online. They're like, Sabrina, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you didn't like Up. You liked the first 10 minutes of Up. And then that movie goes, I don't know where. I was about to say that's my favorite part of that whole not is not that it's my favorite part of that whole movie. Yes. But it is it is one of the most emotion because everybody can relate to that shit. Whether you're gonna it's have somebody you're married to yeah. They or did you it don't. beautifully. They yes, did it, it was beautifully. So good. Mm-hmm. That should have just been the movie. It could have just been that short. It could have <laughs> just been, been that shorts, short. Yeah. <laughs> um and then okay, so Monsters Inc. And then my favorite like Disney New Age Disney. New Age, probably. Well, what are they? What's the newest one? You got I Moana. like Tangled. Tangled was fun. Moana was my favorite from that range. Then you've got Frozen. Um, mm-hmm. I really feel like I should know more than this right now, but my mind. You do? <laughs> yeah. uh, I just did Moana shorts. I love Moana, um, but I think Tangled was such a, a. I think Tangled was the best kind of like all round fairy, mm-hmm. like new fairy tale, like. Happy, sad, good music, you yeah. know, make you cry a little bit. Uh, so probably Tangled. Yeah. My, uh, Frozen, my... Frozen 2 was a, a, a writing mess, but I'm like, I still love this movie. I don't care. 
I don't think I, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think I've seen Frozen. I mean, I might have. Mm. It might be just one of those ones because when Frozen One came out, yeah. uh, that "Let It Go" song was like every mm-hmm. every mother's that had a kid between the ages of like three months and two years old. That was their anthem. That was that sing it sister moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm watching just people belt it out in their little minivans in the parking lot, and then they're getting out. They're going like this. I'm like, fuck, man, that's an emotional baggage they're going through. Right, they're just singing "Let It Go." Mm-hmm. Um, so that one kind of deterred me from seeing two. I was like, I don't want to have to oh, interesting. that song. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it's the jungle book has always been my favorite, uh, oh, original. That's, that's up there for me too. Yeah. And then, uh, Pixar was Ratatouille because I cook for a mm-hmm. living. And that was one of those mm-hmm. things that kind of helped push me over. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, new age, like I said, is Moana because I love not only the rock, but I think as far <laughs> as. Moana goes. I, I like Moana's music more than I liked Frozen's music. Yeah, I'm throwing my head around a lot here. I don't know yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and plus I loved uh, what was his name? Hey, hey, the chicken. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I, I have some. I have some more Moana shorts coming out soon that may or may not yeah. star. Hey, hey, yes. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a little. I've got a little niece that'll be looking forward to that because that's mm-hmm. what she wanted for Christmas. I think it was last year or the year before last. They were trying to find that. The, uh, the is it the one that makes the noise yes it was yeah. a little yeah it was so hard to find i went through every single target <laughs> within like a 50 mile radius finally found it and i got it to her and then she was like please don't like the mom uh katie she's like please don't ever buy her no she it's just like, so tired of hearing it because she was the one squeezing it type of thing so she's the one who's got to live with it not yeah. you yeah i felt bad for it when i was like, I'm burn it out but you know, she was super excited when I gave it to, gave it to the little niece. So it's um, funny. And my best one, friend bought one because every time we would go to Target, we would like, she'd be like four rows down and she would just, she would just push it. And I'm not going to imitate the sound, but like, it was like our calling card, like, <laughs> like Hey, where are you? And she would just go. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, she's in the, the Moana section. I know exactly where she is. So who is, and then we'll, we'll get off the Disney talk right after this, but I, I always <laughs> like this talk, excluding Moana, who is your favorite princess? Mine has always been uh, the princess and the frogs is Tiana. Mm. I love that movie so much. Am I allowed to say like, unofficial disney princess or do i have to pick one of the official disney princesses what's a one is what's an unofficial disney princess like esmeralda which one's esmeralda i'm, hunch, I'm looking at my beautiful doll sitting over there of her uh the from hunchback of notre dame she wasn't a princess she's not technically a disney princess she's not oh i thought she was i only seen that movie once because it was super sad and i was really young and I, it felt like i was watching the mask but you know animated version i felt horrible for the hunchback but her and her and Meg from Hercules are my two favorite Disney oh, heroines. Yeah, and they're not princesses. That's why I say. But if I had to pick princess, like in the official Disney princess lineup, probably um, uh, Moana mm-hmm. and Ariel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad story about Ariel for me right here. Uh, apparently, that was my favorite movie when I was like eight, nine months old or whatever it was, all the mm-hmm. way until about as a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So they would just continually put the VHS, VHS in, rewind it, play it, rewind it, play it. I was when that was on. Apparently, I was super, super quiet. So 
they oh, like to throw that in my face and get me little uh, little mermaid stuff every chance Aww. they get. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I love Sebastian. It's funny too because my sister, she's uh, younger than me. She wore out that v- <laughs> she wore out that VHS of ours okay. at the time, and it's funny because the first time I saw, I never saw the Little Mermaid when it came out mm-hmm. because I was a I still am I'm a tomboy. I was like, I don't want to watch princess movies. Stupid. Like, where's all the Ninja Turtles and stuff? Like, this isn't this isn't for me. Yeah. And I, so I completely missed the boat on it. it was like eighty nine, so I was nine. Yeah. And I I remember I was in Italy. We would go to Italy every summer and spend the summer in Italy because I have family there. And I got like this like Disney cassette tape, like summertime hits or whatever. But it <clears throat> it's all in Italian. And it had like all these Disney songs, like stuff from Peter Pan and, and Big Bad Wolf and whatever, but it's all Italian. And the first time I heard Under the Sea was on that tape in Italian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the greatest song of all time. <laughs> so I listened to this cassette tape the whole summer and I got home back to Canada and I was like, I got to watch this movie. But of course this was the day of like when they had the vault and you couldn't always get the DVD or blah, blah. And I think it was hard to find at the time because I couldn't, I couldn't get it right away. I think I had borrowed it from like my aunt who bought it when it came out. And then they re-released the little mermaid into the theaters at one point. Mm. uh, And I went to see it like the first time, like I was older, but, uh, and then it kind of became one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You ever go through a red hair phase? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> you dyed it? <laughs> I had it dyed. Yeah, I did. I had it dyed yeah. like, you know, like dark to red. And then I was like, never again. This is, <laughs> this is, it, it just looks like a crime scene every time you take a shower. And I have <laughs> so many hilarious story about that. But like, yeah, no, it's too much maintenance. So I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. No, did it once. And I did it like late. Like I did it like, I don't know, four or five years ago. I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> forget it like what one thing that it's not like it sucks being a redheaded but one thing mm. that uh, I, I guess it sucks is a lot of people have dark hair so when they start going white they get that salt and pepper look man I've got a lot of ketchup and mayo going on you know so I'm not going to age gracefully here over here with this listen, ginger beard <laughs> listen listen see this here see my junk right yeah this is a lie this is a complete <laughs> lie <laughs> this should be just gray, like salt and pepper gray. And everyone's like, you should just grow it out during quarantine. I'm like, yeah, but what's going to happen when I get to like here? And it's just literally a line. Stop. <laughs> so I've just, I just live my life. It's fine. Yeah. Hey man, you got to do what you got to do. I got to do, you know, clearly I haven't gone for a hair in a while because it's harder now, but. <laughs> so yeah, I feel you. I feel you. No worries, man. I mean, I <laughs> Never, my shame <laughs> you never know where these conversations go but as i love start, it it's good as we start to wind down here when you take a look back <clears throat> excuse me i keep having to clear my throat i don't know why uh but when you take a look back at uh the entire run you had for the ed boys and the big picture show mm-hmm. what do you think about the most you know do you think about the friendships you made the people the art <laughs> what do you think about when you hear the term ed ed and eddie my aka family like yeah. for sure um when i moved out there i didn't know anybody I had no family no friends no nothing um they were the first people i met they were the first people that took me in 
they were the people who were there for me through everything. Um, everyone at that studio, like we were still in touch and whatever. And um, we stayed in touch obviously after. It's harder now because I don't live there anymore, but um, they were like family. Um, yeah. And I, I can't ever forget them. I won't ever forget them. Um, I wish we could talk more, but I know everyone's busy with their own lives. And like the older you get, <clears throat> you know, people got kids and this, yeah. this and that. Like I get it. Like when I first started, I was like 24. Like I had nothing going on, just work and chilling and you know, going out and and then as the years kind of went on, it, we kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. But um definitely the the people. Um it was it wasn't a big studio it wasn't a corporate studio it was um you know we all busted each other's balls and made each other cry and that's where we knew where the line was like <laughs> oh sabrina cried don't make fun of her for x y and z but abc is fine you know yeah. like <clears throat> just go to the edge don't push her over <laughs> oh yeah like we would well we would go over but then we would know okay let's pull it back <laughs> Um, but again, like, yeah, I just, I think about all the, the good times, like the yeah. good times stand out more than the bad times for me. Um, just so many late nights and the parties and the, I, I remember like one night we, we were drunk, I don't know, it was one of those nights and I think it was like Sharan and Scott brought a shopping cart back up to the second floor of where we were. And I'm like, how did you even like, what? why is there a shopping cart in here (laughs) why isn't there a shopping cart in here would be the real answer (laughs) like uh, there's just so much um there's so many fun things like i remember like dan's birthday (laughs) they got him like a barber shop quartet to come in and sing (laughs) for him (laughs) but they were so good and they had roses and they had the whole get up and i don't know there was a lot of uh, just really good um bonding Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's what like corporate people try to you know like team building exercises but they don't actually work when you're in the trenches with people and there's only like 15 of you or 10 of you like it's different and you're all kind of it's not the same and you're all in the same room um we'll never have that experience again like very like hashtag blessed for that For those, I know it sounds so lame, but like it is, like it'll never happen again. It will never in this day and age, uh, a studio like that exist. Um, I don't think so. Man, I really feel like you guys should have a documentary. Oh, we always joke. We always joke. Like, can you imagine if the camera, God, we'd all be canceled by now. But like, (laughs) if we had cameras up there, like while we were working, like it would have been a show. It would have been a show. They would have had to bleep out a lot of it, but it would have been a show. Would have been a hell of a lot better than any of that Kardashian bullshit that's on now. <sighs> yeah, because we're funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And yeah, we were, I know like a lot of this, the people, the studios around like hated us because we were like, oh, the AKA gang is coming down the street. We're like, whatever, we're cool. <laughs> or not, but like, they knew that we had talent at that studio. So there was like a bit of ego and like, I'm so not egotistical at all. <laughs> Believe me, 
but at the same time, people knew that like, oh, if you came from AKA that you were an okay, you're an artist that could do the job, you know, we don't have yeah. to really test you. Um, it was really funny. I know I'm rambling now, but. Oh, no, you're perfectly fine. I remember um, when I was working on a show at Studio B and I'm not going to name names because. What did it rhyme with? Oh, the show? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's about puppy dogs. Um, or, well, I worked on a few puppy dog shows, so still vague. Yeah. Um, I remember walking. God, I hope she doesn't hear this. Ooh, narrowing it down here. <laughs> no, we can always cut it out if it gets too. Uh, if it gets no, too- no, it's nothing bad. It was just funny because, like, I had gone. I had. I was new to that studio, and fair. Nobody, nobody knows me. I was. I took a revision job because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for like, you know, I was on the show for like several months. And uh, I remember walking to my car one night after work with a coworker, and she was, he or she was a director. Well, actually, we had a few directors on this one particular show. And they said, uh, oh, you know, like it was kind of just in a weird condescending tone. And, and they were like, well, you know, maybe one day if you work hard enough, you can be a storyboard artist and like get out of revisions. What and, I just, and I just kind of went like, huh? Like, oh, wait, what? Like, and I, I just said like, it, it pissed me off because A, she didn't, she, she didn't know anything about me. She didn't know where I came from. And I've been working with her for like this long. And I, and I just said like, oh, I just came off of working at AKA for four years. I'm burnt out. I didn't take this job because I can't do it. I took this job because I'm fucking tired. Yeah. And she, she just kind of was like, oh, like foot in mouth. But it was just kind of shitty. It's like, hundred you know, percent. What's, what's wrong with, first of all, there's nothing wrong with revisions. It's, it, it's a necessary job. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think it was more just the tone at the time. And, it, and I think because I was already so uh, like depressed and, mm-hmm. and down on myself and, and tired. And then someone's like, well, maybe one day if you work hard, <laughs> you could do this too. I'm like, such a, that's such a backhanded way. So mm-hmm. when I, like, it's not me, right? Like it, it made me, it made me feel like what? <laughs> no, cause it's, it's not you. And I'll tell you why. And I'll use, I'll use a story as, a, as an mm. example. <clears throat> the restaurant i'm currently at uh last year this is our busy time right now from here yeah. until february march time frame mm-hmm. we're pretty busy because it's a snowbird town and we were going through people like the week that i the week before thanksgiving american thanksgiving uh last year <laughs> that's a throwback yeah. that's a callback <laughs> if you will uh last year is when i started there so i've almost been here for a year again and the restaurant we went into was a restaurant I was there a couple years prior, but the mm. chef that I went to go work for left, called me, said, hey, come work with me again. And I did that because okay. I went to go work with that specific chef. So COVID happens, shut down. I go to a Greek spot. They can't afford me anymore. Um, and it was the place that my wife and I actually had our first date at. And oh. I wanted that place to thrive. And I couldn't ask them for more money because I had to take a pay cut to go back. But everybody was hurting because of COVID. Yeah. Then I see a post for the the job, the restaurant I'm at now was saying, hey, we need people. But I didn't want to go back into it. I didn't want to be a line cookie and I didn't want to do it. The hours were already crazy as it was. My body was getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, my oldest son is uh, he's a point fighter. 
So I wanted to make sure that I could see every tournament he had because all of his tournaments were on the weekends. And the restaurant industry is notorious. Like you work whenever you work. There's no such thing as like yeah. a day off. It's you don't really tough. get holidays, you know? Mm-hmm. So the hours are wild. Mm-hmm. So the, I came in there, I talked to him. And then I noticed that the entire restaurant had just taken a fucking dive because the mm-hmm. chef that went in there after I left the first time didn't give a shit. Like there was, it was so disgusting. It smelled horrible. It was a multi-million dollar restaurant and they just treated it like a fucking McDonald's oh, okay. um, and not just any McDonald's and McDonald's next to a strip joint. So that's in itself a whole nother can of worms, but it was just, it, it was fucking horrible. And we couldn't hold on to staff because during COVID, everybody realized like, man, I don't want to fucking do this for the rest of my life. This sucks, man. I want to do something else. So a lot of people got out of the restaurant industry. So we were hurting for people. And I took the job as a prep guy. First time I'd ever done anything with prep. You know, I was always a line cook. I was at the saute grill, wherever it was at. I was, I was a guy on the lines, right? Front lines. And I needed something that I could kind of take a break from. Because even though I had some time off during COVID, I was burnt the fuck out from that job. I just, I, I couldn't think half the time. I was tired of doing everybody else's food. And we had two people get, one person get fired and one person just not come in. And we were down some people and it was a busy night. They're like, hey, can you work? And I'm like, fuck, man, I really don't want to work the line. I haven't done it in a few months, but yeah, I can work the line. No problem. I go down there and I fucking absolutely crush it. This is not me blowing my own horn. I'm pretty good at my job. I fucking crush it, right? And then they're looking at me and they didn't know I used to work the line. I've worked the line there. I worked the line at multiple other restaurants. So I know what I'm fucking doing. It's common Mm -hmm. sense. You're putting food on a plate, make it look pretty, make it Mm -hmm. hot, make it taste good. It's very, very simple. And just put it out in a timely manner. So I go over there, do this stuff. And then everybody comes up like, oh, my God, you were so good. Why don't you do this for a living? Like, you could be so much better than so much more than a prep cook. If you did this, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So much more than a prep cook. I'm like, I do all the stuff that you guys are putting on plates is already cooked. You're a fucking meat wagon microwave. That's what you are. (laughs) You don't have buttons to push. Fuck you, right? Yeah. I go outside to take out the trash and the GM is there. And he's a good guy. I'm pretty sure he's, um, and I don't mean, I'm not even going to say it. So I'll, I'll tell you offline. He's just a socially awkward guy, right? Okay. So words are interesting with him. Um, he's a very like straight to the point guy. Fantastic dude to work for. He's always mm-hmm. super cool. And I'm pretty sure he didn't mean anything by it. And then he's like, thanks for your help, man. Uh, I was surprised that you did so well. And then I was, I was, he was like, I was hoping that, you know, you'd be helping us out more than like this than you were. And I'm like, motherfucker, mm. I just pulled you guys out of the fire. So the chef didn't have to work the line and you didn't have to expo. What the, what the fuck is this backhanded bullshit that I keep getting? I was like, did you guys forget? Do I need to reintroduce myself and tell you yeah, the fuck yeah. I come from? Uh, yeah. So it was. Like I, I, I get that a hundred percent and it's just, hey, that sucks. I, yeah, you're right. It's kind of, it was a weird backhanded thing and I'm sure the intention wasn't <laughs> bad, but I, I just felt like, um, it's not like garbage, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and, I, I, and the same thing too. Like when I started at Disney just in the last, you know, two years, I, I took, I, I wanted to quit animation. I, I'm I'm tired. I, I've yeah. been doing storyboarding since you know 2004. Um, I'm just exhausted creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I took a year off when I moved to the states because it's a big freaking move. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't really actively looking uh, at the studios. And then uh, 
uh, the designer, a friend of mine who I actually met <laughs> because of Ed and Nettie, she was a huge fan of the show. We, we met up with her like Comic-Con one year and we've just kept in touch ever since. Yeah. Her name's Tara and she does, she was uh, one of the main designers on the Mickey Mouse shorts cartoons. And she let me know that there was a revision position open. And I was, even then I was kind of like, oh, I guess I should <laughs> come back to work. Um, so I took that job and I loved it because still involved in storyboarding, but I don't have to work every bloody weekend. I don't have to live, breathe and, and uh, everything I'm doing, I'm just tired. Um, I'm not 20 anymore, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> like it's, uh, so I took that and then I, uh, I got scooped up to do these shorts that I'm on now and they're just the right amount because they're only a minute. So it's, it's storyboarding but it's not taking up my entire life. It's taking up just the right amount for that work-life balance. Yeah. Sometimes you need that to step back. Like I don't see my, myself, I don't, like I said, <clears throat> they work with my schedule and I told them before I got hired that my kid comes before any of this. Like I did my time away. I did my weekends. I did my holidays when I was in the military. First four yeah. years of my son's yeah. life, I was not there. I was in a different country defending this one. So I was like, in my opinion, I've done more. I was like, until you can count, even if you were to work holidays, you were still sleeping next to your spouse. When you got home, you're still seeing your kids. Yeah. Even if it was for five minutes, I was like, there was stretches of months and years where I didn't even think I was, I didn't even think having a family was real. I thought it was a fucking lie because you're gone for so off. You're, you're gone for so long. Like I didn't, like, I knew I had a kid. I knew I had a wife, but it didn't feel like I did because I, like I was it different fucking country so i looked at him and like until you can sit there and tell me that you've spent four years sleeping in a separate bed from somebody you're married to or seeing your kid fuck this job because this job That's is secondary right. at the end of the day my kids are more important my wife my dogs my house like all like i work so i can have all this cool shit yeah cool shit not at work my cool shit is here i want to be here yeah. <laughs> so you know I, I completely understand everybody needs a break everybody needs to recharge yeah. Um, yeah, because that's the thing too. It's like I was working so much, and so hard, uh, and for what? Like, yeah, like, yeah, I can buy all my dumb toys and shit, but like, I'm just so tired at the end of the yeah. day. Like, I'm exhausted. I was exhausted. Like, I don't have kids. I never wanted kids. Um, that that cl my clock just never <laughs> went yeah. off. I think as my sister was so much younger than me, I felt like. <laughs> uh i already had, had a kid one. yeah yeah because i helped kind of raise her like we're like eight years difference i'm like mom dad like <laughs> what's this plan <laughs> but like and and i think that might have affected me um i just i'm i love kids like i, I love like uh and i love making kids content um but i just don't want any of my own and um, nothing wrong with that either but like if if you want me to babysit I'm like the best aunt ever. Like, like <laughs> I, I, I love, cause I know there's a lot of people who don't have kids who don't like kids. Mm -hmm. I love kids. Um, they're, they're hilarious, but, uh, just for my lifestyle, I'm, I'm just selfish. I just want to have my own time to just do my own thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people yeah. think there's stuff wrong with that. They're absolutely. I don't get it. <laughs> You're dying today. I don't know what's well, allergies, man. The allergies have been bugging me really. no, I'm, not, I'm not a, i'm not into allergies or anything no. like that like i don't there's nothing that i'm really allergic to but it's uh you need some had a real bad sinus <laughs> infection a couple weeks ago 
Um, so I'm just starting to get over that, but it's just like for fucking some reason today, and it's a beautiful day outside. It's like 72 degrees right now. Yeah. In in Florida, that's like gold, right? Oh, it's Usually it's perfect. 93 yeah. degrees. <laughs> Uh, with that's your, punish, that's your punishment. You're like, look how beautiful it is. You can't enjoy it. <laughs> well, there's there's nothing beautiful about this fucking state. It's a it's a shithole. It's a dumpster fire that that's. Oh. Uh, I, I like this state, but come I, to I, California. <laughs> no, I was stationed there. That place sucks too. Oh yeah, you're in um, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, San Diego. I've, I've, <laughs> I've been all over that state. I've been all over this country. And I've been all over this world. If I could go to any place, it would for sure be Seattle, Washington. That was the. The first time my wife and I were away from family where we can actually act like adults. And as 19, she's 23, 24 at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had our own first place, even though it was a military housing. Yeah. Um, he was pregnant. I bought my first dog. I bought my first car. I still have that dog. So you've got like, very good uh, yeah. association with that area. Well, it was some of the best times ever because I was, I was an adult already. I had, I had money for the first time. So I, it wasn't just me sitting at home and just like, yeah. when we sat at home, <laughs> yeah. when we sat at home, um, we would sit on this, uh, we had this like futon, right. Mm-hmm. Or this like inflatable thing. We didn't have a couch. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have a bed really. We didn't like, have anything. Yeah, so no real like, furniture. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't really adults. So we started everything there and it was mm. so beautiful. I remember like this. There's this one scene uh, that I always think of when I think of that place. And then my wife is five or six months pregnant. I can't remember how, but I know it's in, in the fall. So it might've been a little bit more than that. Uh, she was definitely too pregnant to be doing what she was doing is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And we went up to this, I think it was Mount Olympus Park. And we get out and then while you're driving up these mountains, mm-hmm. you can pull off to the side and um, you can take pictures and scenic mm-hmm. routes and all that other shit has got pull-offs. And we see this, uh, like this little walkway up the mountain. So we get out and then we walk up and it's steep as shit for me. Right. Also, and, is it raining or is it sunny? Oh, no. So this is, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause this is the middle of summer okay. um, because it, it, it's funny because they said it's the, the best summer of all time is the first two weeks of May in, yeah. in Washington, because after that it rains all year and then it snows and then you get two weeks of summer is the joke in Washington. So that's Vancouver, Canada, yeah. same thing. Yeah. So we're, we get out and we're walking up and we're seeing everything and it's fucking beautiful. The smells I was smelling, like I've never smelt like the open, mm-hmm. open America. That's what America is supposed to smell like. Just nature. <laughs> nature. I was like, what the yeah, fuck yeah. is this butterfly? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> we're walking up the hill. And uh, she's huffing and puffing because she's fucking pregnant, man. She's pregnant, another yeah. kid. And I just wasn't thinking I'm a dumb 19 year old guy. I'm like, let's walk up this fucking mountain, you pregnant lady. So we get up oh. to the top of this like little 10 foot cliff and she's like huffing. Hussy. Mm-hmm. Like, are you okay? And then we just happen to look up and there's like, you know how you have those signs that says 30 miles an hour speed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was a mm-hmm. sign like that. But it didn't have anything to do with speed. It had something to do with an angry goat. So there was this picture of a goat. Yes. No. Yes. And it said, beware of angry goat, right? This is my favorite thing. The picture of a goat. And it says, this goat has been known to chase and bite uh, people that are walking around here. So be careful. It had its own sign. Look at her. And I'm like, you can't run. If this yeah. goat chases us, let's just go ahead and get back in the car. And then we, you know, we made a day. So like whenever I think of Washington, I think of stuff like that. The first time I got Aww. to see hold my kid or the first time we went to a mountain, like the first time I actually saw a fucking mountain, the food mm-hmm. was so good. The mm-hmm. culture was so fun. I mean, 
I'm pretty sure it's crazy as shit now. If you watch the news, everything seems to be crazy. Everything's crazy. Uh, but it was just, it was a beautiful fucking time to be alive. And it was like the first time I was, even though I was shackled by the military, it was the first time I was free mm-hmm. as a person to, mm-hmm. to really experiment and see shit and, and, and be stuff and, or do stuff with people that I absolutely loved. Um, I'm glad you had that experience. Honest. Yeah. It's, it is yeah. a beautiful place. So I, yeah, because I, I mean, I lived in Vancouver for 15 years, and by the end of it, I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> There's too much rain. I'm gonna. My people, my people oh, are my allergic to the sun. Bridge. My people right. are allergic. My people are allergic to the sun. So if it's a little cloudy, I, I, my people thrive in dark. I, <laughs> my, my ex, uh, before my current husband, he was a redhead, so I yeah. totally understand. Yeah, yeah he's like I go outside and we just yeah. burn up, so it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I burn too, though, which is weird. Like, yeah. I'm like Casper the ghost. Like my parents, they go out in the sun and they're like beautiful it's tan in like a yeah. day, and I just burn and then go back to pasty ass white so well, you know if, it, if it makes you feel any better my oldest son he's a hybrid day walker so mm. he can go outside he'll get him a little tan and he's running around without a shirt on too the skinny <laughs> bastard um but uh he'll run around and he'll get a little bit of a tan he's like dad look at my tan i'm like man fuck you dude <laughs> it's like it's bullshit man i've been on i've been on this i've been on this planet for 32 years you've been here for mm-hmm. almost 12 you've got more of a baseline hand than i will ever have in my life i go from lobster red to mayo white like that yeah i get it i get it it's because i'm northern italian i don't know i think if i was southern i'd probably be darker overall <laughs> yeah um but no my parents are they are it's not fair it's not fair <laughs> like i turn into a lobster and then it just yep. goes away it's not even worth it. Like the it's like... No, I hear you. But I, I think we've, uh, I think we've kind of hit the, uh, the end of this, the end of this. An interview. hour mark. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it was a little bit more than an hour, I think, uh, maybe about an hour and a half. But it was fun nonetheless. Yeah. Um, it was definitely fun getting to finally talk to you, man. I think, with the exception <laughs> of you know Danny and Woody and maybe a couple other people here and there. I've pretty much covered uh, covered the entire cast and crew and a few of the voice actors as well. Pretty much yeah, yeah. the entire cast and crew here for the Ed Boys. So your episode will come out before the big picture show. But unless one of those guys and gals that I haven't had on, you know, reach out to me and you know, say, hey, I'd love to come on. This is going to be it for the Ed Boys. So ladies and gentlemen. And we barely even talked about Ed. So I feel like a failure. Oh, no. we this is This is what's so great because a lot of the stuff we did talk about it's the same stuff like the rate the conversation Rachel and I had was so mm-hmm. fun because you know she, she we talked about what we liked and what we didn't like as far as comics cartoons her, mm-hmm. her, her work process but you actually delved pretty deep into you know who you would go to and what you would do for help and then I'd never heard of anybody else mm-hmm. going out and making their own model sheets either so that was really cool so we did mm-hmm. talk quite a bit of eds so I mean all right I mean if you ever want to talk more eds Oh, I'm sure because uh, I'm pretty sure if anything, I've got a huge fan base that is specifically tuned in because of the Ed, Ed and any cast and crew. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about this one is when we do pick this up for a part two, 
you can always go back and watch this and say, because this is going to, I'm pretty sure once you get off of this, you're going to be like, fuck, dude, why didn't I talk about that? Why didn't I bring this up? Why didn't I say always. that? It happens all the time because <laughs> yeah. I'll get, I'll get messages like, fuck, dude, next time we talk, just remind me X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. no problem at all. Because uh, it's hard for you guys to remember 13, 14, 15 years ago. You know, I mm-hmm. can't remember what I did 15 days ago, let alone 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's difficult. So I'm pretty sure once we get off this call, it's like, oh shit, I've got the best story in the world. It won't have to oh, be. There's so many, like, I'm just thinking of some now and I'm like, oh man. What what's, your, what's your favorite Simon? AKA story? Like, I don't, has anyone talked to you about Simon, one of our coworkers, Simon yet at maybe, all? Maybe. Listen, Simon is the best. Oh my gosh. He was from, he's from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. Yeah, Switzerland. <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah and he he's hilarious like he is him and scott had like this rivalry it's not a rivalry (laughs) simon is like the typical like muscle dude you know shaved head the the good looking chiseled thing whatever you know like my camera's all blurry um uh and he's got like the the funny accent but he speaks great english Mm -hmm. um and he, I remember like, he just showed up one day and he didn't, who's this guy? And I, I guess he, he came for like an interview. I remember again, a long time ago, but he didn't officially get hired, but he would just show up every day and just work. And we're all like, like to our producer, Dan, we're like, Dan, who's this guy? Like, who's this foreign guy who's just working here and he just ended up working on the show and there are so many fucking funny comics about him and scott like pissing each other off or like simon would say something and a lot a lot of times like lost in translation (laughs) it's like he'll sound he'll he'll come off more offensive than what he really means or whatever or maybe he was just bullshitting and he knew exactly what he's talking about but oh oh yeah Dude, there were so many funny. God, I wish I could. I, I don't have them. I'm sure Scott or Jim does. But the drawings they would do, uh, like Scott would do of him and Simon, it, it was like a comic book series. Um, and he used to sit behind me. We used to sit back to back for a while. And because he was like big buff dude, he would always drink like the, the protein whey and stuff. And he would fart. All oh, they're the, horrible. All the, And you know, it's a special kind oh, yeah. of fart. And everyone would just joke. It's like, like, oh, Simon farted. And I'm just like dying at my desk. And they're all laughing at me. <laughs> and I remember Scott, I have it again in my folder saved in storage um, where the rest of my bloody life is right now. Um, uh, Scott drew this really funny drawing, like this big Simon. And then me, like tiny me behind him. And he drew the, basically the entire entirety of my back was burnt off and you could see like my ribs exposed and it was like singed and it was just me like looking over my shoulder and just, that's just how, that was our relationship. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those just, protein farts are some of the worst I have ever been a part of. Yeah. They're special. Uh, and that's he, an understatement. <laughs> They just linger. They just kind of sit like a dog. They don't move. They just stay there. <laughs> Honest to God. And uh, so, yeah, Simon. And then he had like a, a CD of music he had recorded years ago. 
in, you know, hilarious, like broken, not broken English, but like English ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of the songs were like so catchy, but they were so like hilariously lame at the same time. Yeah. And we unironically just love them. And we play his music like uh, in the studio and <laughs> we just, we just dance. <laughs> I think me and Meat Stick and Simon actually made videos of us with his music, like of us just doing dumb shit. Like mm-hmm. Meat Stick used to have like a, a lunchtime, uh, like a like an exercise, <laughs> which I get us to like exercise at lunch for like music now. And cause he did like some sort of like, I don't know, jujitsu, some shit like that, like years ago. So he still remembered some of the moves and he would I guess to do all this stuff and there's video of him and like a few of us like just doing this stuff in the middle of the studio at lunchtime and I remember one time he like ripped his pants doing it like <laughs> oh my god like how has no one brought up Simon yet like <laughs> Simon's a character have, they might have like I got I was super lucky to get you guys when I got you guys <laughs> the only studio like the complete studio that's opened up for the most part I wish I could get a lot of the interviews that I had with, you know, say like my first one with Mike Jono, the ones with Joel, like the big gym one was when I really started to feel like I started to hit a stride. Cause I've only been doing this for a year. And then oh, wow. yeah. realistically, like in this way, we've been talking, I've only been doing it this way, maybe since March. Um, oh, so okay. a, lot of, a lot of these episodes that I had, because I was trying to find my style. I started out doing the whole, like, I'll just ask interview questions. I'll have a bullet point list on stuff I want to ask. And then I felt like I was too worried about getting the points. And then I felt like I was shackled. I didn't feel free. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to feel constrained because then it felt like I was. Yeah, Yeah, that's what's fun about this, because Mm -hmm. like I said, we don't get to that Simon story. If I'm asking you. So what'd you do X, Y, and Z on that day? Well, what did Ed do? You know, it just, it just felt too convoluted it felt too boxed in. like it just felt weird too and strange too structured yeah i mean if you can't tell i'm very animated with my hands i mean it's 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 like, why are you talking to an italian <laughs> yeah I, I took i took italian so here's a funny story i took italian four years in high school three years in high school somewhere around mm-hmm. there. but italy was the first country i actually got to go to at the age of 17 mm. outside of america that changed my entire perspective on um on culture on food on everything once i came back from italy you was, must have been hold on were you in the north i we started out in rome because mm-hmm. when i went there either they were just winning the world cup for the last time or the last time they won it back in 2007 2008 somewhere around there mm-hmm. um so they had just either won it or they were on their way to win it. i remember mm-hmm. parties fucking everywhere yeah. i used to have a green one because when we got there it was chilly as fuck Mm-hmm. Um, so I was cold. So the first thing I bought was an, uh, was an Italy jacket for the football team. I didn't know what it was. They had like all their banners on it. It was a green, it said Italia across it yeah. and all this other shit. It's, it's probably one for every year they won. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I can't remember if they had just won it or they were on their way to winning it, but I know they won the year we were there. So I'm over there and just everything changed, like perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. I come back. And the only reason I took Italian other than Spanish was because The Godfather was my favorite movie of mm-hmm. all. I mm-hmm. always wanted to be in the mafia when I was younger until I found out what they did in the mafia. I used to yeah. think just the opening of Goodfellas when they're, we get to eat the best food, we get to play cards and dominoes and nobody says anything. We got nice suits, nice cars. 
And that's when my grandpa would cut off Goodfellas for me at a young age. I didn't get to see what happened after that. So I I took Italian so I didn't have to watch The Godfather when they would speak Italian in subtitles. I wanted to be able to understand Mm. it. Mm-hmm. That's why I took Italian and then I go over to Italy and all this other shit. Um, but, but, but yeah, like, the mafia is a real thing. I think people uh, like to joke about it and, but it's awful. It, it, yes. it ruined, it's really bad. Yes. Um, my godfather was a godfather. We'll just leave it at that. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's, uh, we got some ties, but it, it's not good. It's not a good, funny thing. And like, I know like everyone pokes on Italians, but like we don't actually care. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think people realize the severity of what it actually entails. Uh, no, Hollywood has glamorized uh, it. Same thing with gang, yeah. gang warfare and shit like that. Narcos, like everybody's into narcos. Like it's an interesting topic. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, it's just something so wild about something like that taking root in America because of what? Because of prohibition, right? When <clears throat> you prop up organized crime, when you say, no, you can't have this because mm-hmm. you're not a real adult, you can't choose to be either safe or bad or any of that other stuff. So we mm-hmm. have to tell you what you can and can't do. You prop up organized crime because once you tell us somebody, no, they're like, all right, well, I'm just going to go do it anyways because you told me no. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah, I, I, it's totally it. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean... It's like anything though, it's not like you're not allowed to make light of it, but I think people don't, I think there's also a thing to think that, no, there is a serious side to it. It, It's not just a made up thing. A lot of people are affected by it. Uh, It sucks, but um, I'm from the North, so I'm Mm -hmm. a little safer. (laughs) What what area, what region? Uh, I'm a Friuli, I'm from uh, the province next to Venice. So- Mm -hmm. um, I was there too in Venice. Beautiful. Yeah, because that's why I asked, because uh, where I'm from, we're close to a military base mm-hmm. up there. And uh, I actually met <clears throat> someone at my gym uh, here locally who was stationed there. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm from this town. I'm like, oh, my God, that's where I'm Sigonella? from. Was it Sigonella? Is that where the Navy base was? It's near Pordenone. <clears throat> it's, okay, it's northeast. <clears throat> Man, but yeah, that's why. Today too, huh? <laughs> I have a um, what's it called, nasal drip, so I'm always like clearing my gotcha. throat. Um, no, yeah, that's just why I asked because I I'm from a town very close to a military base. But mm-hmm. if you were in Rome, then yeah, you're a little further. Yeah, no, that was before. That was before a couple years before the military, and and we started mm-hmm. out in Rome. Then we went to Florence, which was my favorite, favorite area. The food Beautiful. was so fucking good. I got to see the actual sat- statue of David, mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel, all of that shit. It was the first time like I'd ever had, you know, my hands slapped by somebody that wasn't my parents. So I was in, the, I was in there and they tell you, you can't take pictures of the Sistine Chapel. This is before yeah, phones. Yeah, you can't. So you can't. Yeah. Taking pictures. I didn't know the flash would fuck it up. So the guard mm-hmm. comes over and slaps my disposable camera out of my hands. And I'm like, what the fuck is going? Like, what are you doing? And yeah. he pointed to the thing. And I, my, my, Eng- or not my English, my Italian was passable where I could pick out certain words. And yeah. I was with my Italian teacher as well, because the entire um, language group went with us, yeah. um, like 10, 15 kids. So she was like, you can't take fucking pictures in here, dummy. Don't get us kicked out. You don't. Oh, I should have told you that really before late. you went in, though. Come on. I'm sure she did. I just wasn't paying attention. So. All right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't. Uh, it sucks. But I still got I mean, it in my scrapbook, though. I've, I've snuck a few photos here and there yeah. over the years. I actually haven't been there myself. I haven't seen the 
I haven't seen the Sistine Chapel. I've been to like, you know, Rome and, and but usually when we go, we kind of just stay in our area because family. Um, but, uh, but Venice is kind of like the major. It's beautiful. That's, that's what my tattoo is. This is actually yeah. the province, the province of Italy that I'm from. And then this is um, a part of the gondola in the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have Italian style Donald Duck. Uh, because those are the comics I grew up with were the yeah. Italian Disney comics. So I'm biased <laughs> to that <laughs> style. You can say I'm biased. No, nah, man, uh, yeah. likes what they like, you know, if, if that's the only thing that you're really, uh, you know, given or, or get where you're at, I mean, that's all you really know, you know? So yeah, it makes sense at the end of the day. But uh, like I said, man, this has been a very, very fun chat. Um yeah. What are you working on now that you can talk about? Maybe we can push some traffic towards. Uh, obviously, I don't want you to get in trouble with the with the House of Mouse. So if you can, you can. No. If you can't, you can't. So uh, right now, I am directing slash storyboarding on a small series called Chibi Tiny Tales, mm-hmm. and you can find them on the Disney Channel YouTube. On uh, Disney Now has them, and we may or may not be going to streaming soon. I can't mm-hmm. say for sure um but keep an eye out uh they're just little one minute shorts that uh are starring disney tva characters from like phineas and ferb to amphibia to ducktales um and i kind of do them in that like japanese kind of style there's dialogue um and they're just fun little shorts for for everybody i I don't want to say kids they're for everybody um but we actually got to do uh moana just recently we were very lucky to have that um disney uh studio approved mm-hmm. because it's a very it, there's a lot of politics uh, in yeah. between studios so we we did some moana shorts um there are more coming and yeah you can just find them on youtube disney channel right now there's tons um and i'm working on that for the foreseeable future <laughs> uh so yeah that's all and i'm not doing any comics right now because who has time yeah but i'm really enjoying it there i've always wanted to be at uh house of mouse so uh, it's taken me a long time to get here uh but i'm very grateful i'm glad man i'm I'm glad there's always so refreshing to hear when somebody has a dream they chase Mm -hmm. that dream and then they get to live that dream Mm -hmm. right so that's that's something that that hopefully when people hear not just your story, but this podcast. And there's other podcasts out there that talk about this. If uh, you brought up a word that I absolutely love, it's the, probably the most expensive. I don't want to say, I don't want to say, yeah, it's probably the most expensive time. It's mm-hmm. the most expensive commodity out there, right? You can't get it back. You can never get it back. You can but ask for it, but you can never the, get it. At the same time, I will, I will say this. Um, to any other artists who you know have I'm, they all have their dream they all want to work at a certain place to work on a certain project is to just not expect to have it like mm-hmm. right away and if you don't have it in the first three years of your professional uh life that you're a failure it's you're not like things take time mm-hmm. um you know i just happened to be on a cool show just I don't, I don't want to just luck someone I knew, like, you know what I mean? Um, 
And I see a lot of kids online talk about how they just feel like they're not doing enough at like 23. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like you have your whole life. Like, like I wasn't thinking like that at 23. I, I, I didn't have that mindset. I was just more of the, then in, at the time I was just, this is where I am right now. You know, like, yes, one day I would like to maybe do X, Y, Z, but right now I'm going to focus on the right now. Um, I don't know if it's since the invention of like Twitter or, you know, Instagram, uh, you're able to see what more people are doing than I could at that age. Uh, maybe that's a problem. Uh, they're seeing these artists who are doing so much more than they are by a lesser age and they compare and everyone's journey is different. I don't, I don't know. Just I'm 41, you know, and I just started working at Disney two years ago and, in my whole life, everyone's like, you need to work at Disney. You need to work at Disney. You're, and I'm like, yeah, I would love to, but like, it's just not the time. It takes, or the it place. Takes, time. Right? It takes time. And, you know, I, I'm lucky in a sense that I live here now that I can work at Disney. Um, but yeah, I, it makes me sad when, when younger kids get down on, on stuff like that. They don't feel like they've accomplished enough by 24 25 i'm like you're so young you still got plenty of that that golden word that time you've got time time there's so much time um and they have so many more resources now than what we even did 10 20 years ago they're very lucky they're lucky in some ways and they're unlucky in others i i'm not trying to say that uh you know it it kind of a little bit of good a little bit of bad um but yeah don't be in a rush. <laughs> and the information's out there. You just got to look for it. Um, like I said, this has been a very fun chat. I didn't know, like I said, I don't know where, wherever these are going to go. I mean, we talked Disney, we talked Ed's, uh, mm-hmm. we talked, you know, Simon Comics, just destroying your back. <laughs> Simon farting, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it was it was a little bit there. We're hitting conversations diversity, right? We're going to take a little bit of each thing. We're going to get some comics, some ads, some farts. You know, you always got to have a fart joke in there. You know what we should do is you should get like a few of us on at once. Do like a group thing. Because sometimes when one person tells a story, it sparks a memory in someone else. Just something to think about. (laughs) uh, Well, I was actually actually trying to get uh, Toomey, Big Jim, Mm -hmm. and Scott on because I felt Mm -hmm. absolutely horrible that I did not extend the invitation for the artist when I did the big picture show with the writers. It was just something that slipped. I keep hitting this fucking thing. It's just something that completely slipped my mind. Uh, I forgot how much time that golden word again, that a uh, newborn, I don't want to say takes because oh, come on, you got a life. Like don't, <laughs> yeah it, it's just like, it just slipped my mind and i'm like fuck dude hopefully these guys and gals don't think this is a slight so i messaged all four of them then and then toomey was busy as shit with the adams family stuff and then mm-hmm. uh, i think scott and jim were busy as shit because big jim just started in a new place so mm-hmm. um, i would love to have all of the artists on if you had a choice of you and three other artists who do you want on oh jim scott joel Charan, any of them yeah like like I just say Jim because me and him are always closest, but like any of the yeah, no, it's good. I'm you, telling you, man, stuff will stuff will just the memories will come flooding back. I'm and just, I'll have to edit every single one of those stories out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. But nonetheless, I will have fun doing I will have fun seeing it. Um, but uh 
I'm going to go and take a look at uh, the the archives, if you will. Look at every of one of the specials. Maybe we can put something together with all the artists and maybe I can get some of the writers so everybody can come back on and talk. Mm-hmm. We can do one of uh, Jono's done. Jono said he was done. So I'm not going to reach out to Jono and I don't blame him. I've had him on here. I've, I've milked that cow oh, to, to an extent or I've milked that. Cow great, yeah. yeah. So um, I'll see what I can do and we'll put something together. Maybe we can get a uh, Halloween's already here. Thanksgiving's it won't be enough time. Maybe we can get something. Uh, maybe we get something on the books for one of the uh, one of the holiday episodes that was done, or maybe one of the uh, one of the episodes where everybody was a part of. Or maybe it could just be an all artist big picture show. It could just be like a New Year's thing or whatever. Yeah, um, AKA New Year's party. Maybe I'm down for, for <laughs> sure. So let me let me brainstorm it, and I'm gonna kick some shit around, and then I'll reach out to everybody. Um, but uh, like I said, nonetheless, this has been a real fun chat. That's been Sabrina. Yeah. This has been Julian. This has been the What's in My Head podcast, and it's been another piece of your childhood. Good night. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.